0: This is Ted and PK, and thanks for listening to Faith Radio Mornings.
1: You can hear us live weekdays, and you can check out highlights of our show at any time on myfaithradio.com.
0: If you're done with all this weather, don't turn to food, comfort food. I mean, sometimes we do that. Just, I'm just going to sit here. He's and looking at me. Eat bonbons. He's, know, lo- all day. he's looking
1: at me. <laughs> no,
0: no, looking uh No, I only <laughs> laugh because yes. it's painfully true. Yes. Yeah. Well, there there are aspects and moments where we do kind of. Make that bad choice, but, you know, it tastes so good and mm-hmm. are willing to go ahead and do the moment on the lips, lifetime on the hips, you know, but <laughs> it's, it's uh, just something. But it's the weekend. We do, but yeah, we have excuses all the time, right?
1: Well, well, I do. I don't know. I, I can't speak for everybody else. But no. I oh, it's St. Patrick's Day. Oh, it's the weekend. Oh, it's Christmas. Oh, it's Thanksgiving. Oh, it's oh, Tuesday. It's, Tuesday. <laughs> it's Monday Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Taco Tuesday. Away yeah. we go.
0: <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of a lot of justifications we can come up with. But in light of that, do we need the government coming in to kind of help us m- make better choices? It's a big topic. And Dr. Linda Mintel is a regular guest of ours is going to talk with us about this right now.
1: Good morning, Linda. And as we're as we're talking about this, this is, uh, of course, coming out of the news story this morning about why regulating soda maybe just won't work. And I was reading through your blog and I just thought we need to talk about this because it's everywhere in the news. So great to have you with us, Linda. Good morning.
2: Good morning. It's good to be there. I was trying to figure out what Ted said about what was that little rhyme you said, Ted about Hello. weight loss? Yeah, I think. A, a moment on the lips, a
0: lifetime on the hips. Oh,
2: okay, okay. I hadn't <laughs> heard that one yet. So okay, it, it went so fast. I had to hear it again.
0: Sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's I,
1: that's in my weight loss Bible. Oh, it is? Okay. <laughs> I I know it, but I don't always pay attention to it.
2: (laughs) I think that's the issue, isn't it, with uh, weight loss? We know a lot of things, but we don't always pay attention to them. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why we have to look at eating and be very intentional. Uh, I wrote this book called Press Pause Before You Eat. Mm -hmm. And it's all about mindless eating, emotional eating, just eating because it's there. And that's... Really, one of the biggest reasons why we eat is because we have it in front of us or because we're not thinking. So we do have to be much more intentional with our eating.
1: And I think you can get addicted to food, too, where we're just, you know, I think this is like French fries, for instance. You can't stop. Like it's like the potato chip thing. You can't just eat one. Mm -hmm. We, We get addicted to the taste and the flavor and the sensory part of that, too, don't we?
2: Well, I did did a food addiction seminar, and I really went into the research, and that's a very controversial area because there are some neuroscientists who do think that there are certain people who do have sort of these dopamine rushes and feel that sort of addiction feeling with food, and then others would say that's absolutely ridiculous. So this Mm -hmm. is a real controversial area, but certainly the, the fatty foods, the sugary foods, when we do start eating them, we do... Tend to continue to eat them, and it is you know that's what wasn't that the the potato chip saying you can't just eat one or something? Exactly. Absolutely, you can just eat one, and it's difficult to eat one, and you shouldn't have the whole bag sitting there when you're trying to only (laughs) eat one. You might want to put one or two in a little cup, and then move away to another room, and then you probably can just eat one or two. So it's these tricks that we have to do in terms of not having the whole bag in front of us, not sitting down in front of television and eating mindlessly, maybe people this morning frustrated in their car, sitting there maybe eating a bag of something as they're sitting there trying to make their way. Hopefully they're not eating though, because you do have to hold on to the steering wheel pretty tight when you're in snow. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but those are the times when we just mindlessly, I see people all the time on the road You're just snacking at lights. You know, they're just eating from a bag. And that's the kind of thing that really packs on the calories and makes it much more difficult to lose weight.
0: Well, Mayor Bloomberg in New York is very concerned about the state of our our health in this country and in his city there, New York City. He went ahead and instituted this ban on large sugary drinks, thinking that would help curb the obesity problem. You're saying his approach was all wrong. Talk about that a bit.
2: I, now, I do I do want to say that I really do appreciate the awareness that he has brought to, sure. especially New York City. And, and, you know, he was famous for the trans fat um, ban and all the things that he was trying to get restaurants to do. And this is another step that he's trying to get people to uh, think about. When you think that the average soda a few years ago was a 6-ounce size and now it's a 16-ounce size, and it has 27 tablespoons of sugar in it. Mm-hmm. That is cause to be concerned. It, it wreaks havoc on on our blood sugar levels, and it, it's not good for the body to ingest that kind of sugar that quickly. And then, of obviously, the calories associated with that, it's empty calories that, that people are, are drinking, which is contributing to the obesity problem. So I like the fact that he's wanting to post calories in restaurants. He's asking restaurants to be more lean. I wish we would do better in restaurants with portion control myself because usually when I go to a restaurant, uh, what I get served could feed two or three or maybe even four people, and I tend to overeat because it's there, I've paid for it, and it's sitting in front of me. So he's trying to bring awareness to the issue. I just don't think you can start singling out food items and say, okay, here's the bad food. We really try not to do this in weight loss. We try not to label foods good or bad because What happens then is that people start to develop these kind of weird eating habits, and and this is actually the thinking of an eating disorder. Somebody who has an eating disorder does tend to categorize foods as good or bad. Now, are some foods better for you than others? Absolutely. But I think if we're trying to start singling out items, you know, my thought when I I was reading about this with the sodas, I thought, okay, so – then our next thing is going to be we can only have three fries when we go to McDonald's. (laughs) Right. Or, you know, maybe we can only have personal pan pizzas because we're going to eat too much of the pizza. I mean, it starts to get a little ridiculous in terms of the government coming in. And the bottom line of this, in my opinion, is that the government can regulate the food programs that it's in charge of. So certainly I'm I'm a big advocate of the government getting involved in looking at the, the school lunches, the Head Start programs. I think we need to be much more aware of what we put in food banks. You know, those aren't government-run, but food banks certainly have horrible things that they're usually giving to people. But to have the government come in and tell you what you can and cannot eat, I think is an overstep of the personal responsibility that really has to be there for all of us in terms of what we put in our mouth.
1: Yeah, I can I can totally agree with uh, the, the food bank situation. There was a time when, when we were getting assistance, our family was, and the the stuff that we were getting that was um, in the free shelf kind of thing. You know, it was the worst kind of cheese. It was the fattiest kind of treats and, and food and every, Yeah, it, it is difficult. It's horrible. It is. We took, yeah. I
2: took a camera in um, when I was in one city. I took a camera in because we were trying to do some community health issues. And I took a camera into one of those food banks. And we were just, couldn't believe the Mm -hmm. stuff that people brought in. It's almost like people clean out their shelves and say, I don't want this. I don't want this. Oh, take it to the food bank. And so we did a community effort to try to get people to bring in some really healthy things and then try to get some fresh food, some marketplaces, some community gardens, people like that to contribute fresh food to those food banks so that people were eating much better.
1: Yeah, it's really big. Uh, Eating something green is the first step that's awesome. And we're going to take just a quick break, Linda, and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about this, and then we talk about maybe some weight loss apps, too. You've got some thoughts about that on one of your guest bloggers. So we'll be back in two minutes with Dr. Linda Mintel as we talk about the uh, soda pop ban in New York City and weight loss apps. It's all ahead right here on Faith Radio Mornings with Ted and PK. (laughs)
2: Well, I
0: don't know. Maybe you should have some moderation when you're eating. At least uh, this one was for you, Linda. Did you request this one? <laughs> I
2: appreciated that. And I like the slow and go with the traffic because I think slow and go is probably a better way to think about how you lose weight.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Very good tie-in there. Yeah, it's true. It's hard to do that sometimes. I know for me, especially if I'm really anticipating like a, a good breakfast, say on a Saturday morning, and uh, you know you're making it, you can smell it. Oh, I can't wait to eat it. Can't wait to eat it. And then it finally green comes. pancakes
1: like like their family had yeah, over we, the weekend. You yeah. saw that on Facebook, <laughs> yes. We
0: did. But uh, you know, once it's done, then it's it's just devour. And sometimes it's uh, the filter isn't there. It's easy just to ignore. Oh, I should only have a small portion of this. How can we be better about this, Linda?
2: Well, portion control is really the issue, and I think you have to get out of that deprivation thinking where I can't have something or this is terrible or I better not eat it because the more we do that, the more we want to eat the food, and we do tend to overeat. So it's really looking at food and saying, I can eat that, and really to have that thought in your mind. I really can eat that. Now, do I want to eat that? And stopping yourself, that pause from the press pause is what I'm, I'm saying in the book. You have to press pause and say, Do I want to eat that, and how much of that do I want to eat? I think when you look at the research, what's so interesting is that in the first two bites of an item, that's where all the pleasure comes in, and that's where all the the great feelings, and after that, it diminishes tremendously. So if you learn to take two bites of something, I know that doesn't sound like much, but two bites where you're really chewing it, and you're thinking about it, and you're enjoying it, the sensation of that food will actually be, get, be gotten by you, and then you can put down your fork and you can move on to something else, or or else just say, that's it, I'm going to stop right there.
0: Well, and, and that's also, we should make the point, those aren't two behemoth, huge <laughs> bites yeah. of food, right? <laughs> I can eat this
2: pancake
1: in
0: two bites. Right, I Yeah. Can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> important note there yeah
2: but that whole moderation thing is really the key to all of this and in controlling your portions and that is one of the big big problems that we have with our food consumption here in the United States so we mm. have to be careful of the portions
1: so much what i read about too is is how it's all about living your life intentionally and that comes down even to the food choices like you're saying and and choosing to have maybe a couple of bites of something that's higher in fatter calories and then you know choosing uh, I was doing things like looking at the menus of restaurants when I knew we were going somewhere and making that choice ahead of time, what I would right. order, just because when I get there, um, you know, well, sure, a burger and fries sounds great anytime, but is that really the the calorie level that I want to go in at? So are there other things that we can do, Linda, that will help us to, I, a pressing pause, I think, is, is genius because that's a, such a key part of it. But for people that don't have never done this discipline before, how would you encourage them to start?
2: Well one of the one of the things that I think we don't think about is all the environmental cues to eat. And I, I do have a section of this in the book where I talk about everything from if music is fast, we tend to eat more in a in a like a fast food restaurant. Or we walk into a, a restaurant and we've got soft lighting you know, light, uh, real slow music, maybe you don't eat as much when you tend to be in environments like that. So in your own home, putting on soft music, if you're going to use music during eating, and putting the lighting down low, taking your time while you eat, putting down your fork, putting the high-calorie drink in a tall, skinny glass. You tend to drink more than if you, for instance, put it in a short, fat tumbler. So when I want to drink water and I need to drink more water, I always get a big short fat glass because I tend to drink more out of those type of glasses than if it's a tall skinny glass. Taking your plate and resizing your plate, maybe taking the appetizer plate, putting your main meal on that will help you control your portion. So there's all kinds of little environmental tricks that you can do, but there's also, I think one of the biggest issues is paying attention to whether you're really hungry or not and not eating for emotional reasons. I've been I've been doing weight loss and and obesity for thirty years in my practice and I know that about ninety percent of people eat when they're not hungry. We just eat because we're happy, we eat because we're bored, we eat because we're sad, we eat because we're just wanting we're too tired and a lot of us eat to calm ourselves down and to Mm -hmm. deal with the stress in our lives. Mm -hmm. So if you can look at the triggers and begin to identify what the eating triggers are and, and then make sure you're aware, again, it's this awareness, this intention, oh, that's a trigger for me. Hey, every time I have a fight with my friend, I get off the phone and dive into the ice cream. Okay, next time I get off the phone with my friend and I've had a fight, I'm going to walk around the block. And I encourage people then to substitute other things to do for the actual eating because you will, um, you will go to food for emotional reasons if you're not aware of it.
0: I'm talking with Dr. Linda Mental, She's a licensed marriage and family therapist, a clinical social worker, author, professor, speaker as well, and a regular guest of ours here on Faith Radio Mornings. And we're kind of focusing on her book today, Press Pause Before You Eat. There are links for that up at, through our website, myfaithradio.com, under Faith Radio Mornings if you want more information on that. You know, one thing that people are doing that I've tried doing myself is using an app on my phone to help keep my weight under control. PK put a question out on our Facebook page, in fact, about what people like, what apps, what kind of responses are. We getting pk
1: well uh we have my fitness pal that one is good if you stay true to it you know if you're accountable and if you can enter in what you're eating because Mm -hmm. i think it helps the mindlessness i think part of eating you know where you're not keeping track of your calories sometimes that can be overwhelming but i don't realize when i'm snitching food while i'm making dinner Mm -hmm. you know it's like oh, well, that doesn't count because I'm not sitting down to eat. So yeah, that was one. That's one then, of them. That's
0: and, when I happened to yeah. use actually there. Is that yours? Yeah, and uh, Dr. Linda, talk about this, the importance of maybe keeping a food diary. How can that help us, and how can these apps help us?
2: Well, dietitians a lot of times when they're working with my patients, will have them do a food diary for the very reason that PK just said, because so many people just eat as they cook, and they don't realize a couple of bites here, or they'll come into the kitchen and they'll grab a handful of this and a handful of that and not count that, and those are really the... The critical, probably, calories that are putting you over the edge that are not having you lose weight. So it's good to be intentional like that. Food diaries help, but food diaries for some people also make them obsess on calories. So you have to know your personality, and there, there are a lot of apps. We, we had somebody go out and do one of the apps um, and then guest blog on it on my on my Doing Life Together blog. And she really had a hard time with it. You know, she plugged in her weight. She plugged in her ideal weight. She started to track. It gave her a log. She was tracking it. You can even share your app with someone for accountability if you want to. But she wasn't looking a lot at what she was eating. And she found herself really over the calories before she even got to the end of the day. Yeah, and so she got really upset mm-hmm. kind of like, I'm not doing this. This is crazy. And then she gets so you get so focused on the calories when you do that. So it can help some people who need, I think it can help some people who need help in tracking and being intentional and being aware, and it may be a question of playing with different apps to find out which one actually works for you. So I think that's the benefit of those is it helps you track, it gives you a plan, it gives you um, the feedback immediately of what you're doing, and it helps you make good decisions. But for some people, it's going to be depressing. Um, maybe it's, that's a good thing, though, because it shows you how much you're overeating
0: during yeah. the day. Yeah, right.
1: yeah, Brooke wrote in a couple of times and said that uh, she was using Lose It because then it was tracking the exercise element, too, which sometimes right. doesn't get added in there, but that's such a critical piece to it as well.
2: It is, but it doesn't account for all kinds of things. I mean, different body types. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can have a high BMI and be very athletic. and So there's all kinds of other factors going on in this. And I think the biggest one I had with that app is it doesn't, it doesn't help you with what you eat, and mm-hmm. what you eat is probably more important in, in those kinds of things because you can eat a lot of food if you're eating foods that are lower in calories and that have a lot of high fiber that make you feel full, rather than if you're grabbing a candy bar and then it's like, oh, use my whole <laughs> you know, calorie count for that meal, so yep. now I can only have – and then you're going to get hungry, and then you're going to fall off the wagon, so you have to – really make good decisions when you're doing those apps, I think, too.
0: And Dr. Linda, in closing here today with you, Tammy, your your guest blogger, talks about the image of God and tying that into the conversation. Maybe can you just comment on that and close with that today?
2: Well, I think so much of what happens in our in our culture is we define ourselves by a number and we define ourselves by how thin we are. And while we have to pay attention because we do have to take care of our body, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, we do, we do need to be sensible and take care of that body so we can do all the things that God has intended for us to do. We need to be fit so we can go out and be a witness and, and to do the work of the Lord. And that doesn't mean that God loves us any less if we're overweight I think it's more of a health issue. God doesn't look on the outside. The Scripture says He looks on the inside, on the heart. And so we don't want to judge people by how they they look, but we do want to do everything we can to be fit and to be healthy, knowing that regardless of our weight, we're loved by God. We're created in His image. We're beautiful to Him no matter what.
0: Well said
1: perfect. Thank you so much Linda for joining us today and thanks for your book too. Press pause before you eat and we will link that up as lo- as well as your blog too on myfaithradio.com. Did you have fun meeting PK by the way
0: at NRB? I- <laughs>
2: Great to see her. We gave, I gave her a hug, and yeah. we kind of were in there looking at all the food. And I, uh, we didn't eat it, PK. We, we didn't, were grabbing those suckers or whatever those cookies were. That's right. Or whatever. That's right.
0: Yeah. Well, glad, you, glad you two could connect. You Thank too. you for that.
2: All
1: right. Take care, you guys. Be right. safe. Have we'll, a great day. Thank you, Linda.
0: We'll check in again with her in a couple of weeks. That's and right. uh, If you missed part of the interview, it's linked up at MyFaithRadio.com.